Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds podcast. I'm Matt Bork, and we are the Liberty's number one podcast, the best podcasts in Dublin. A eh? yes, how brilliant is that? Uh, stories have the power from sport. That is our heart, and that's what we hope to achieve. We hope to achieve inspiration through love, kindness, compassion, understanding, forgiveness using the power of stories. And we have an absolute brilliant story for you today. Today, I interviewed a gentleman called Luke Carey. Luke was a patient in the National Rehab in the brain injury program that I worked under. So I've worked with Luke. And I think the world of him, I think he's a cracking young man. He's just brilliant and he's a great attitude. He's done many a talk in the hospital for staff and for other patients that are on the program that I work in. And he's just such an inspirational young man. Like he oozes coolness and calmness. He's just brilliant, right? So on the show, we talk about his life before. We talk about the injuries that he's had, the brain injury, the difficulties, the insight and awareness. You know, insight and awareness is missing from a lot of people. So then when you have a brain injury, it's it's very, very difficult. So it took him a little bit of time to work through that and he explains that really well he talks about his attitude and how attitude is transferable across all disciplines whether it be an injury whether it's life whether it be it's your social uh, relationships attitude is so key you know so it was absolutely a fantastic interview to sit down with someone i know his story but I, I still love sitting down. I'm always, always taken back by people's attitude after a brain injury. If I've heard the story once, if I've heard it 10 times, there's many people I have spoke to and heard a story like Derek Cummins, the first person I've interviewed on the podcast, or the first brain injury patient I've interviewed. I've heard his story many, many times, and it inspires me each time. I'm blown away by the strength of the soul inside, the resilience, the the, the determination, the willingness to just to keep going, keep going. And that was very, very evident with my interview with Luke today. So look, I hopefully you enjoyed our interview. Let us know what you think. As always, thanks to Noel Royley from Rooney Media, Andy from libertiesphotos.ie, the girls from Shannon's Hopeline, um, Mental Health Warriors, the, the, the Liberty Soup Run. We can't thank those enough for all your support. Also, I want to shout out to you guys. Thanks very much for your feedback. Thanks for the comments that you send us. Thanks for all the love and kindness that you send us on social media. Keep it up. Please get in contact. We love the interaction on social media. Uh, send us your comments on iTunes. Subscribe. Head over to Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on, uh, where else are we? We're on YouTube. We're across all the platforms, you know. So it's all about inspiring. It's all about spreading the message. And if you can do that for us by sharing our story, that would be fantastic. Let us know what you think of this interview. I'd love to hear your feedback. He's a great young man. As always, mind your little self. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, so alive. Welcome back to the Magic Minds podcast. I'm Matt Bork. We are Liberty's number one podcast, the best podcast in the Liberties. On the show today, I'm joined by Luke Carey. Luke, what's the crack? All good, how are you? I'm absolutely fantastic. Guys, I've asked Luke to come on the show. Luke was a patient in the National Rehabilitation Hospital in 2013. He suffered a brain injury. So I'm going to talk to him about life before that, that experience and anything that we can take from that conversation. I know Luke from working with him in the National Rehab. So I know his story. I'm absolutely blown away by people that have experienced brain injury, their life they've had before and then the, the journey that they go through. It's absolutely fantastic. It's something that I'm really, really passionate about. So we'll get stuck into that. But sure, look, tell us how's life going at the moment? Good, yeah, working away full time, uh, working from home. Uh, kind of got into the stage where I've lost my passion for him working. I'm kind of looking to get a new job. Probably not the best time to do that at the moment, but that's kind of where I'm at the minute. Yeah. 
how has how has the the corona been for you over the last Man, I'm, lo- I'm lucky i'm working because uh it kind of keeps you with a routine the structure otherwise you're just kind of getting up at one o'clock in the day and it, there's no you could go to bed whenever you want and wake up wherever you want and it's just a mess so yeah i'm happy to be still working away yeah i've said that to people people have asked me how have i got through the whole corona situation but structure has been a big one i go to bed at the same time i get up at the same time i'm lucky i'm, I'm still working but I mean, I, I train at home, I eat the same food. It's really yeah, important to keep a structure, isn't it? Well, the, the thing about, like humans as human beings need a structure in their life. If you can develop your own structure, very hard to do, like waking up at the same time, going to the gym at the same time, eating your food at the same time. But if you're given a structure by working full time, it kind of makes it just that bit easier, doesn't you it? You can walk around it. Yeah, I've got my work. So I train at home. You have to get up at a certain hour if you're working. Yeah. If you're not going to wait. You have no choice and you finish at the same time. You eat your dinner in and around the same time. It's just better that way. Yeah, absolutely. Look, as we said, on the show to talk about your life, uh, your experience around your brain injury. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, tell us about life growing up, um, future plans, ideas, what was going on for you? Tell us about growing what up. What were my plans? Be- tell, tell us about life growing up. <laughs> right. Uh, football mad. Uh Everyone kind of surrounded, fo- would have been in and around football for like years. Uh, 15, went on trials for Swansea. Like was football, wanted to be a footballer, was convinced. What position like, did you play? Middle of the park. Middle of the park. <laughs> Where the action happens. Roy Keane kind yeah, of stuff. No, not even. Different, hard to explain. Uh, <laughs> who would you describe, who would you compare yourself to uh, back then? Very hard to explain. Footballer though. Uh, kind of similar to Gareth Bale, left foot, uh, pretty quick. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain. Deadly, deadly. Right, so midfield, you were going to Swansea. Uh, went over to Swansea, was happy enough, and then kind of when I was over there, kind of was actually bored. I was there for a week, and I was like, is this what a footballer does like for the whole year? Like after you go training and you play the game against a youth team or whatever you're playing against, and you're just sitting around doing nothing for the rest of the day. So kind of lost interest in that. Uh, Study wise, was always bright as a button I uh, would be getting like A's and B's and skill pretty handy without having to do much work so like I always had that in the background that I'll get a good leave and I can go to college and do whatever I want to do from there had kind of an entrepreneur I see I'm going all over the place here uh, would have been an entrepreneurial kind of mind like I always had the idea of working for myself and setting up my own business uh, so finished school went to college UCD uh, where did you grow up? Rafana Um. Went to went to college, went to UCD, twenty one, and then went off went off to Canada. Was planning on going there for probably like Canada, and then go down to South America and just travel around for like four or five years. That was the plan, and then got in the car crash in Canada, and then that's when the life turned upside down. Okay, so that was in two thousand fourteen. Uh, how long had you been in Canada at a the year time? To the week. You were there a year, the and that was all yeah. that going. Lovely, easy life. It's the easiest life you'll ever have in Canada. Yeah. Uh, working away and just yeah, like if if you're an Irish in North America, you're you've already got the the uh, the foot in the door. The joke you've you've got you've got your you've got the uh, what's the word what's the word I'm trying to explain? You've got you've got the trump card basically if you're over in North America. Yeah. Like job interviews are a lot easier. Like everybody loves the Irish. Why over there? I don't know. It's hard to explain. Well, it's. Well, do you want to give? Will I give you my actual theory? On Go it? for it. <laughs> right. I love to hear uh, this. So, over there, it's 150 years old. Yeah. Or thereabouts, like North America and Canada. So they're all 
half this and half that and I'm one quarter Irish and one quarter Haitian or whatever this is right so the fact that they're what builds a good character and personality is like culture and being able to identify with a culture we're 100% Irish and when you're 100% Irish you can then build a good character or whatever it is from that that's just a theory now yeah, so it's the your fact, hypothesis yeah the yeah. fact that they're one quarter this one quarter that they're always that's why they're always clinging on to I'm one quarter Irish it's like what does that mean to me? You're a quarter Irish. Can you say the... What you saw was asking, can you say the our father in Irish? If you can do that, then you're Irish, in my opinion. Like, if okay. you went to an Irish school and you did all that kind of stuff. I can't do that, so I'm definitely not Irish. Yeah, but you'd know it. If you heard it, you could probably play along with it. Or now, her and her and all that. You'd, you'd know what it is, anyway. Right. Whether you can say it or not, it's another story. Uh, so, yeah. Easy life. 21, living over in Canada. Uh, the world is my oyster. And then... Uh, and then they got in the car crash on the way to a festival over in Canada. Well, you tell us about, tell, tell us, talk us through that period. So you had the injury. What what was the lead up to it? Were, the lead up to which? Your injury, you were out in the car, you were heading to a festival. Yeah. Paint me through that, paint the picture. Uh, car ahead of us, jammed on the brakes. Uh, I think our car overtook the car last second. Like she basically left, turned the car like that and I was sitting there and we like flipped into like an apple orchard or something like that. And then yeah, all the, but the rest of the car were actually all right. You're the only but one. But I was sitting work. there. I was like, if that's if that's the car, we're driving down the road. Got like that. Like I'm sitting there. So you're on the outside. Yeah, I, I was the point of impact basically. Yeah. Yeah. So then went to the got heli, uh, lifted in a helicopter to a rehab, like three or four hours away in Canada, and was there for like two months or something. Bad. So talk to us about that period afterwards. Uh, uh, where were the injuries? 16 bleeds in the brain. Uh, don't really know the ins and outs of what parts were affected the worst, to be honest. Never really looked into it. Uh, but the recovery was like, I was in po post-traumatic amnesia, is that what? Post -traumatic? Mm. That lasted for like probably four or five weeks when I was able to actually... Basically, I was lying in the bed when I woke up, but like they couldn't keep me awake for more than a half an hour because my brain just wanted to go to sleep to like keep recovering. Okay. Uh, so when I could eventually stay awake and stay up, standing up for like a few hours or whatever, they brought me to like a psych, uh, some sort of therapist, psychologist. I don't know which which it is. Okay. It's, it's hazy enough. They used to ask the same four questions every day. Uh, what's your name? Mother and father's name. Uh, What's the cap? Uh, where are you now? And who's the president of Ireland? So like I could get the first two right. That was actually grand. The the third one I said one day I was in a town hall. Said Bobby Sands was the president of Ireland. Like just all like your head just all over. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a it's like a broken down puzzle, jigsaw, and it's it's trying to put itself back together basically. So I was mm -hmm. in that process. Uh, so that took a while. Still very hazy though. You can't really remember that much of it. No, no. So short term memory was. Like, realistically, if you had a good short-term memory, you could remember the questions that the, psycho, the, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the psychologist asked you the day before, and you'd know them the second day. Okay. That went on for a while. How long did you spend in Canada then? Two months, I think. And they, they shipped you back home? Yeah. Into Vincent's and then into the NRH. Uh, Vincent's isn't great. The NRH is lovely, though. It's actually a nice place to do, like... Yeah, I'm glad you said that. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it for, for any... For any uh, ulterior motive, it's a, it's a good place because what's nice about Vincent's, uh, it's a bit more extreme Vincent's because it's right after the accident you kind of go there. Like there was a man who had a stroke, 
and was in there and was a bit all over the place and like it's, you're very close to the accident still there when you get to the rehabilitation hospital there's a sense of kind of like the other way hospitals are morbid because like oh i'm gonna die here and they're kind of like lying in their bed like in the rehab everybody has the prospect and the hope of going back to maybe not the same life they live but there's there's light at the end of the tunnel that's the point of rehabilitation there is actually an end point to it as opposed to just lying in the hospital all day i think you made a good point there does hope you know hope is having an optimistic attitude that tomorrow will be better than today yeah i don't know is it the hospital that gives the patients the hope or, or just that has happens, that sense. but it has that ethos you can feel it when you're in yeah. the hospital like, i it tell this be... to people people go oh you work in the national rehab and i say yeah and they go oh geez that must be desperate that must be really hard it's, is, it's a lovely lovely experience it's very uh progressive it's very like as you say there's loads of hope you know mm -hmm. staff are very hopeful towards patients and there's just a general feel about it's different from looking on the from the outside in isn't it when you're yeah, on the inside you have to be in it. sure i was in volunteering and i was talking to actually a man that i recognized from afarnham as well and he'd had a stroke and like the whole i think it was the left side of his body was like like that and his hand was like that yeah and he was like oh yeah but like it's actually grand he was like oh, like i've kind of got a bit of use of my fingers here he was and hemiplegic he was paralyzed yeah but side. like even still he could see the hope is in like oh, i'll only be a few weeks before i've got this hand back to normal kind of. and it's just like my god it's mad how like hopeful people still are when they're in this these sort of situations it's funny it's it's why i'm so impressed by the likes of you and trainees that i work with like people go through traumatic brain injuries we will touch on touch on your stuff mm. but their attitude their survival their, their their tenacity their resilience they're just the the, the the urge to just keep going is phenomenal. Well, the attitude, the attitude, like, I've, I did that when I was in the talks and stuff. Like, attitude is the most important thing. Right. To everything, to every, even if you're in a hospital or if you're not in a hospital, like, your attitude to, say, you're working in a job and you're not really liking the job, like, to have the attitude to actually either progress or to leave the job, like, there's attitudes you need to have whether you're in a hospital or not. But in a hospital particularly. They're transferable skills. Because you have to stay, po to stay positive and, there's yeah it's a certain outlook you have to have definitely yeah before we get into that right let's let's talk to us about your rehabilitation so you got to the nih uh, how was that experience for you what what were the deficits you were left with or you, the difficulties that you experienced after your brain injury uh, it was m like a lot of cognitive difficulties short-term memory was all over the place information processing word finding like things that would have been like so simple to me before, you know what I mean? We're just like not there. Uh, but it, there was never a point where I got like frustrated or why oh, can't I find that word? It was just kind of, I'm going to have to get better and find this word. Kind of. There was always that kind of weird attitude behind me, almost a survival instinct. But uh, the best way I can describe the rehabilitation process is if you go from zero to a hundred, zero is coming out of the coming out of a coma, and hundred percent is working with the prospect of say becoming a manager or progressing in that role. That's a hundred percent. Just to say as an example, you have to put it somewhere. So from zero to like seventy, you're. So if you want to f say if you focus on self awareness, I know it's a very broad term, but it's just a good one to use. So. From zero to 70, you're, you've got no self-awareness. I've woke up out of a coma. What's a coma? What just happened there? Why don't I remember anything? Like your awareness is, is like completely all over the place. So am I going to be able to work again? I can't walk. There's so much stuff going on in your brain at the time where you can't even process the information. So your awareness is non-existent. So from zero to 70, 
the hospital are basically giving you the tools to be able to build back the house to get the awareness again, like if you know what I mean. Which we'll say self awareness is a house, just as an example. Okay. Like and this is just my experience. I'm not going on as a psychologist because I, I, I get it. I, I get just it. have I'm to. I you. just have to put that out there. <laughs> uh, and self awareness can. This is just how I take it. Zero to seventy, they give you the the tools to build a house, but then you need to then. When you get when you get the house built, you still need to decorate it yourself, and you basically from zero to seventy, you get your awareness. But then you need to then use your awareness and have it work for you to get it get it further. So the example, zero to seventy. So, uh, you get to seventy percent. Then so when I left the hospital, uh, I was like uh, I was going for a job interview. So I had the CV looks great. Not that like you've got the school college you got the good marks in college uh and then there was work experience in canada and then there's just a gap for two years where nothing happened and i was like what am i going to do here uh but this is where the self-awareness kicks in uh it's kind of a mixture of self-awareness and confidence enough self-awareness will give you confidence if you can look at it the right way so i was sitting there and i was like what am i going to do with this two years like can't, you can't just leave it blank oh so you were working away in Canada everything looks fine like if you're an interviewer like and then you just do nothing for two years so I put down the the National Rehabilitation Hospital and I put it down as like work experience more life experience than work experience it gave me resilience hard work collaboration with others uh what else did I include in that goal setting like it gives you like really really good stuff if you've got the confidence to actually go out there and because You've got 20 other people in the in competition for the job interview. You're the only one with a brain injury, more than likely. Uh, so it can go two ways, depending on the confidence by which you can actually give give the point across. If you're kind of like, uh, I had a brain injury, and then again, you've got no confidence, it's not going to look good. You're going to be like, this fellow's not ready. But if you can go up and look them in the eye and say, it's giving me hard work, resilience, they're going to take over the other 20 people. Mm. At what point, at what point... Did you say, aha, you know, when your awareness developed? Because now I've worked with you, so I I, I know the story. Yeah. So at what point do you think your 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 awareness, because like when everyone has a brain, not everyone, but a lot of people, when they have a brain injury, insight and awareness is, is a huge barrier to get anywhere near in addressing any of the deficits, OE, information processing, memory, exec skills, blah, blah. At what point do you think you went, aha, like, I, I definitely have a, 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 a problem I don't here. really think there is a point of what point do I do you mean what, at what point did I realise I've got self the self-awareness any self-awareness no that you that you know that you had your deficits because when we work together oh, I noticed that I had it but that that, that, you, you, that, took me, said, that took me years and that was that was something I noticed in the early doors was that was your insight wasn't because you used to come up with all these plans that you wanted this this and this uh, and Obviously, that you weren't ready for that. You didn't have the skill set yet to do it. Yeah. The one thing that was a shining light for me, and I know this from working with you, is that you were super confident, like really confident in yourself, in your soul, mm-hmm. not arrogant, not sort of, you know, you just had an inner belief in yourself, mm-hmm. which has stood you because you're you have to have it. You're you're a cracking young, yeah. uh, but that shined through. But it was the inside part that that I it took the the the, the slowest to develop. Well, you see. I was in the hospital, uh, like October 13, and I was like, right, haven't seen my friends in a year and a half since I've got home from Canada. Uh, I haven't got a brain injury. 
Like everyone else is wrong. Obviously, that's the first point to call. It's it's uh, a denial. That denial went on for ages. So when you have denial, uh, that's essentially just like hindering any progression. You can't progress if you're lying to yourself every day of the week. It's the it's it realistically it can't work like that. So it was. uh, It actually wasn't until I got the first job that I realized. I got the job nine to one Monday to Wednesday. And like I was like turning my nose up at that, like nine to one. What would I even bother going into work for four hours? And then I got in, and was doing real basic stuff like uh, printing and like uh, like man, like say you've got like uh, a queue of emails that come in. I'd be like arranging the email. So like say some guy does a certain thing, you put the email into his folder like real basic stuff but like was coming home and i'd be falling asleep on the bus and i was kind of forgetting where the printers are forgetting people's names like the manager would be like go over to john there and see has he done his work say or what or has he got anything for you to do i'd be like here's john again because then that like it was over the course of that six months i was like okay yeah maybe there's something i need to so i was lucky that i had the the rehab and the caseworker because i could go back to it was derbla at the time i could go back to derbla and be like uh yeah, this this and this has happened we could kind of create like solutions or ways to basically get over that mm. so i was lucky that i had the hospital yeah because like, i remember you being super confident uh, and that wasn't always your greatest asset because your, your confidence was high but your your abilities your insight hadn't met met that no, yet i wasn't even close wasn't yeah even and that was something and that was something i, I, I was always very uh, fond of it because you were so confident it was just we're trying to bring them up because you used to have all these elaborate plans and ideas and and it was brilliant it, like i'll always say the trainees plan dream but your your level of ability has to match your expectations yeah. do you know what i mean and that if, just didn't if you if you've got a big plan to set up a coffee shop but you've got no coffee to put in the cups mm. if like, you wanted to set up your own coffee <laughs> yeah, coffee shop and I could barely even work on one at that time, let alone set up my own one. But yeah, like it's the dreaming part is one thing, but you need to. There's the, the point I get now, the point I'm at now is like, uh, there's a fork in the road. So there's like being am- ambitious and having aspirations and stuff, but then you still kind of need to take a stock of like, am I actually able to do that? I still don't really know where my level is compared to what my dream is. There's still, it's it's a very that's a very hard point of the awareness mm. to know because the world's a oyster and anything can be achieved and all that kind of stuff. Like I do believe all of that, but mm. at the same time, when I'm actually in the ring, say, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, can yeah, I actually yeah. do it then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> do you know that's what the hard point? Do you know what I want to to shine a light on actually about you is. You said earlier on, right, you went to school, you're pretty good, you know, it just came natural to you, you were, you were a straight A student, it mm-hmm. just came natural to you. So when you had to come back to the National Rehab, right, you didn't have to work hard out in school or anything like that, but when you came to the rehab, it didn't come to you as easy. Uh, so you had to change, you had to change your skill set, and not everybody has the ability to do that. You know, some people are good and it all comes natural, some of them are just head down, mull through it work 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 so yeah. you had to adapt how you were as a person to achieve which is still, impressive to be honest which i'm still adapting to it though yeah uh there probably was uh like i can take all the credit and be like oh yeah i worked hard and i got to where i am now and there's an element of luck i would say in it as well there has to be but you i'm a firm believer that you create your own luck yeah i i i, I was only saying it the other day something similar to it but there's definitely an element of luck to to uh because there's definitely people who are working harder and aren't getting the same results uh but yeah like it's 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 uh 
what's the best way to describe it? So you get to, there's a there's eventually going to be a point where, like when I got to that, because it depends what you set your, your goals at. I was always kind of keeping an eye on my friends and, and what the boys were at. And like say they're getting a job there. Like I've always got one eye on like where I was before. I always kind of had a connection with that. And without setting the dreams too high, I was like, well, I still want to keep that at least within reach, kind of. Okay, that's cool. I kind of had to be like that because it's uh, when you're in the rehab for too long, great spot, love it. We've gone through that. But it's it's still a separate society being in there. You can, you can sit around the rehab, you can play pool, mm-hmm. you can... You can you can look at the guy beside you or the girl beside you and be like, oh, I'm not as bad as them. And you can kind of get through that. You can get the few bob off the social welfare. You can get the bus pass. You can kind of be a good member. Like, I, I did it. Like, I was playing pool against the other guy who does mm. the the prosthetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, real yeah. good. We, we playing good quality pool and stuff. And I was like, I, I kind of was thinking, like, I was the kind of the man of the kind of rehab in ways when I look back on it now. But you still always have to keep the touch with the outside world because mm. they're still two separate societies. You can't just get too invested in that because then you're jumping into the deep end then when you go out. Yeah, and so we talk about it's that in the rehab. Like we do work placement in the rehab. Then we move out because really you're minded in the national rehab, you know. Like the work placement is there to, to support you, you know, and it's a, it's a tiered approach. But you're dead right. You do have to then go out into the, the everyday life and you're skill set has to match mm-hmm. you, know, you know that's been demanded of you so but you can't what the, but the beauty of the rehab was they can kind of drip feed you through the process like, like when thing. I started one, one, 9 to 1 Monday to Wednesday then the next job I got and you can kind of go up in stages if they just throw you back into 9 to 5 Monday to Friday you'd run home scared by 1 o'clock yeah and you you, you, you did a bit you went straight into you went to work placement pretty early enough mm. and you learned that I'm probably not as ready and that's, that's a good that thing though. I needed that yeah that was a good thing for you and like sometimes you have to let trainees go off and, and, and fall it's called a positive risk mm-hmm. because you then developed uh, insight and awareness around it like, well, yeah it can go ready. either way like I could have come out of that certain characters would have come out of that I'm not saying I'm the big good character oh, okay. but I'm just saying it can go two ways as in uh, you, I could have came back uh, one o'clock you know well I'm nowhere near ready to go back work and then you can sit and get your few bow offs or go back and play pool in the rehab you could have <laughs> and you could have been yeah I tried it there it's not for me that that uh, working like I still need another six months and you can cruise around and get your food in the canteen play a bit of pool and go to a few classes it could have been done but you need to get back I was because I remember I was talking I my dad I was talking to about it and like so I've essentially missed two years while I've been in this whole process. Like it's time to hit the ground running. I don't know what you're waiting for. You know what I mean? Like you've missed out in two years. Where, that I, said to I think it was. Yeah, I think yeah. it was him. And uh, yeah, you're two years behind. So like I kind of always had that in my mind as well. I was like, oh, I need to get back to where I should be. Right. So how did the whole uh, I- I- event impact your family and friends? What was that like for you and them? Uh, it's mad with friends. Funny enough, it kind of separates the good ones from the bad ones. Really? In ways, yeah. I tell tell us like, about that, because that's <laughs> I know from my experience of other trainees. Be watching. They, they, a lot of them have people have experienced they've, they've lost family and friends. Like they just they just disappear. So I, I'd be really interested in tapping into that. Uh, well, like the age I was at, 
So, like, first of all, there's the, the way I always divide it, there's friends and there's mates. Like, the mates might not know, uh, they might not know your birthday, unless it's on Facebook. They might not know your mother or father's name. It's like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're, they're kind of heads you'd see out and you'd have a point with or something. And, mm. Like, when push comes to shove, if there was a serious family issue happening, you're not going to give them a call. Okay. And then you've got the friends. I had a hard, I had loads of mates, like, so many mates are knocking around when you're that age. And... And I had the friends as well, and I was probably seeing more of the mates than I was seeing in the friends, just out partying and doing all the rest of that. Um, so when so, something serious like that happens, you might get a text off one of the mates. That's all you're getting. Mm. But like, so I was in the house space. It was kind of housebound when I first got out of the rehab, and there was like the three or four or five friends who'd be coming to see you all the time. So that you 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 form a closer bond, a closer relationship with them because they're the ones that are there for you when mm. the when the when the uh, when the chips fall, they're the ones that are there. So that kind of put things back into perspective, and I kind of lost touch with a few of the mates because what's the point in having them around? Mm. Have a pint with them. Oh yeah, cool. I haven't seen you in a while or something, but yeah, not wasting my time with them. That's kind of how, that's in a selfish way or whatever you want to call but it. You have to look after yourself, of course. That's number one. How did it? How did it impact your family, like your mom, your dad, and? What was that like? Because I talk, I talk about like when people come into the in, into the rehab, and I'm very very mindful. Everyone are under the one umbrella of brain injury. You have had the experience, but the mom has experienced it, the dad mm-hmm. has experienced, the sister, the brothers, like they all have a trauma from this. You might be carrying the physical, mental, and psychological trauma, but they do, they are too. It's all in the house. It's in the house, and it's under that umbrella. So yeah, share that experience with uh, me, can. So when we were in Canada. Like my parents flew over to Canada and uh, Love Hate was on at the time. So they were watching that on the iPad in like whatever hotel or whatever they were. I don't know where they were staying. I can't even remember. They were staying somewhere anyway, maybe a and b like out in the middle of Canada. And it was around the time where, have you seen Love Hate? Yeah. Uh, Tommy gets like the bang of a shovel or something and he gets a brain injury. Oh, yeah. He's the Fanta. Like the Fizzy Orange. The Fanta, yeah. yeah. Fizzy <laughs> Orange, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that was around that time and the few episodes after it's kind of like it's a bit blown out of proportion but he's basically got the, a brain injury now mm. hasn't realised it so that was that was actually the season they were on while, they, while I was in the coma and when I was just coming out and couldn't walk and was kind of vacant and falling asleep so they were basically kind of expe- expecting me to get like that then obviously Chinese whispers from Canada to back to Dublin you can imagine the stories that are going to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> travelling through the grapevine uh, I've heard like yeah just he's a vegetable he's dead like anything you can think of obviously he's going to come back you know the way Dublin people are they yeah. love talking to each other yeah, yeah. they love talking and just adding bits on to it yeah so annoying so uh, a mate the two mates I lived with and this Aussie fella that uh, that uh, we used to do like furniture removal just a couple of days a week he was a funny fella Max uh, so they drove down to see me like big and he drove down in the 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 delivery the furniture removal van and he was like man like he was like i, I want you to be like he's like they were expecting to be seeing me like bedridden you know what i mean like properly in a bad way and i was walking around this day, like, oh story yeah and they're like no way you know and like suppose you know, i asked to go for like we'd just eaten lunch and like five minutes i was like so what are we doing we go over by date maybe like you know what i mean just like i know short-term memory uh but they were like they were like uh, my friend said to me years later he was like i remember that 
I was making just a few kind of little jokes and like a few kind of like witty remarks there sometimes like, lovely he's, he's still there in there like you know what I mean like that was all they were looking for just a couple of little like witty remarks and it's like yeah there's still something going on behind the ears so they kind of left happy then yeah wow it's, it's mad it's unreal isn't it I can't even imagine it I couldn't imagine what it would be like to even go in and How's your folks and your mum, how did they all get through it and all that? Uh, hard to say. I don't really know, to be honest. Well, like, the first year would have been hard, probably. But you see, they were lucky in the sense that you've got such a good support structure in the NRH. Because, like, mm. like, they, the NRH do take a lot of stuff off the plate of, of the family yeah. like you've got your case worker you've got someone who helps you with like pretty much every step you need so you don't need to I didn't need to bring as much stuff back to the house really you got a good case worker there but isn't it she kept you oh, on the ball D oh. as well yeah they, 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 they worked you hard they did, they did. They well did. you see like I can understand though because I had that kind of yeah. almost an arrogance like I, I could see how it could be Perceived as arrogant. Yeah, yeah, I can see it wasn't that. Actually, no, I'm I'm not arrogant. No, I know but, that, and I was definitely confirmed that. You yeah, weren't. I liked but, it. But, you, you, yeah. were, you were confident, like really confident. But, but I, I, I do believe that you, you had the right to it because you, you know, you're, you're a successful young man and you did what you said you were going to do. See, I've always, I'd always, everything I'd put my head to up until the rehab, I achieved with ease. So like, I didn't expect that to be any other thing, and I kind of probably gave that kind of, uh, that kind of attitude to towards I remember D was it D or Derby like one or the other and uh, I was like yeah I want to set up this uh, this like gluten free cafe it actually was a good idea a really good idea it was right when the gluten free stuff started and you brought me a vegan cake by the way first <laughs> guest to ever bring me a cake in the studio and was an absolutely cracking cake never Beautiful. come empty handed never come empty handed no. so I'm impressed vegan cake and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie I judged I went oh here we go vegan cake yeah. But it was absolutely, it was delicious. But yeah, so the girls put you through the ringer, didn't they? So yeah, so they're like, I was like, I'm like, so they were kind of like, what's your next step, basically, like work-wise? And I was like, I'm going to set up my own cafe. Like, I have it all planned. And there, and then Derville was like, write, write me a business plan. And literally wrote like the first page, two pages. Like, I can't do any more of that. So then she was like, any updates on the business plan? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, if you can't even write the business plan, you definitely can't. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Because I remember you talking to me and you had like meat, you or this thing, you want to use this, you're going to use this, and you're going to get like this. And it's like, but again, there's, there's a tin the line. The still there. Yeah, but it's just, it's in you. That's that, It's in yourself to be an entrepreneur. It's your attitude, it's your drive. Mm-hmm. It's just about getting the two to meet each other, the expectations That's and the ability. Plan. Let's touch on like life lessons. I want to know what life lessons you, you, you've learned uh, over that time and maybe what you said earlier we'll go back to that that attitude because that's was that something yeah, it's, you, it's you, you really was, did you always have that or did that come through with the injury as well the, like a positive attitude just the attitude that how important that attitude is to anything I think it's it's transferable to anything whether you have an injury it can be. it's helped job. me since it's helped me since and will continue to help me it's even just having the awareness of being able to observe something and how you're doing something like, oh, is the attitude right here? Like, oh, I had a bad attitude towards that or whatever. Uh, how do I talk about that? Um, what would say the question again? The, the, what my question was, was what life lessons did you learn from this whole period to the, over the last seven years? And I'm just saying maybe one of them was attitude because you talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Did that really become 
evident. Like I'm sure you always knew that you had a good attitude, but was that it? Was that a funny? Never really had a good attitude growing up. Is the funny part? Did you not? No. Maybe we need to. Go. I actually would have been slated for having a bad attitude, but like every manager, football manager, had terrible attitude. Great footballer, but terrible attitude. Because I don't know. It's it's probably that kind of because like would be would have been hated by some of the managers because they could not play me. But at the same time, like I'd be say, giving him a bit of grief for just, yeah, just had a, had a bad name for having a bad attitude. Yeah. Skill with teachers as well, strangely enough. But like when you get to a stage where it's it's uh, a breaking point, as in like when with the situation with the accident, that's when your real attitude comes out. You know, yeah. your fight or flight. Yeah, like see, do you know what you're saying that they had a bad attitude? I never seen that. Like I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm at a loss here and going why? Because I could uh, see, I could see you. Like I can see you. I'm a newborn now though. I know, I've seen you when you had your dingy and I've seen you going around the, the RTU. I've seen you, I can see your soul. Like, I like you, you're confident, but that's that's, a, that's allowed. That's allowed. Some people can't handle that. So you think attitude really came to the forefront mm. uh, in all this? Like you, you really have to really put a, an emphasis on your attitude? You see, it kind of happens naturally, I think. I don't think, I never sat down with a pen and paper and was like right I need to sort out my attitude here it doesn't really happen like that. <laughs> it doesn't though it's it, it, it's it's only like you can gain more aware like what the beauty of this so sorry what the initial point was any point of trauma or something that happens to you this is like a kind of life lesson that I learned uh, no matter how traumatic it was or how long it took to get through from it you're going to learn from it first of all and you can still take positives out of that going forward. I've taken that this whole that whole accident happened to me was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Probably put ten years on my life in terms of like maturity and the event and the ability to like Really? I'd say so. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's mad. Give me give us more on that. Put more on the uh, It's hard to explain it. So uh how I grew up through it. Well, like, again, if you go back to the, if you go back to the, uh, looking for a job, right? Mm. 24 years of age when I was looking for a job. Uh, I'm sitting in a chair, suit, suit and tie on, the fellow beside me is a suit and tie on. He got out of UCD at 22, I got out of UCD at 21, but like we we were, say, on the same level, we got the same degree or whatever. He's been sitting in KPMG for two years, button bashing. I've been in the rehab, getting out of a coma, building myself back. Like, in terms of compare, if you were to compare, like, if you were to compare the two of them, in terms of like their life experience, like, so I'm not kind of like you're you've 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 basically grown probably ten year eight to ten years within the two years, if you know what I mean. It's, it's like, oh, I get it. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that for you. You're now using what I say, using your poison as your potion. You're you're using your past as a stepping stone. You're turning this negative, or per, perceived negative, into positive as a life experience. And you just exactly. said, and we're circling back around here, resilience, information processing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, management, exact function planning, blah blah blah. They're all the skills you just use now. Your experience, your two years as a stick, to get you forward. What? Deadly. Mm-hmm. What 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 have you learned about yourself? So anything else that you've looked, if you if you can stand up on a on a sea and a helicopter view, what else can you can you look at that you've achieved? Um, what you've learned about yourself? Is there anything else that you that shines a light? 
Well, uh, if you can get through the, the process that I've been through, there's not much you can get through. If you actually put your head to, to the same level, you can. It's kind of hard to put your head to a level to that extent because you maybe don't exactly have... Like, I had to recover from that brain injury. Like that was just in like there it was tunnel vision like I had to had to get back to where my peers were and not be getting helped around the place, get back drive and get like I still had to be ticking all the boxes that I would have ticked anyway. It's just that had to be done tunnel vision. If you can get that same tunnel vision, which is hard because say I'm looking to say you're looking for a new job. It's hard to get that same tunnel vision towards a job that that you can for your own survival and your own progression. But if you can get it on the table, 100%. Definitely. So you, you were saying you find it hard to do that, to channel it into the work? So that's the hard part. Very hard to do that. Yeah. Of course. But uh, if it's done, and that could be something to do with a problem that I have from the brain injury. Could be. I don't. I don't like using it as an excuse, but but you have to be. You have to be. Yeah. It's just. It's just looking at the full picture of it. It yeah. could be something to do with my lack of processing or motivation. Or there's lots of different things initiation. That yeah, 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 yeah. Initiation. It could be that. Front level stuff. I don't like using it uh, really anymore, but uh, why it's still do you, there. Why do you do it? Is it? Do you do you feel lesser than? Do you feel weaker? Do you think it's an excuse? Yeah, kind of an excuse. I've kind of got to, like. I've been out and I've been working full time for so long that like I consider myself recovered, which is actually wrong because you're not like realistically everyone's rehabilitating some way. If you think about it, like say you've been out the gym, out of the gym two or three years, you have to rehabilitate yourself back into the gym, the routine, the lifting the same weights, remembering what weights you did. Like there's all there's. Everyone's rehabilitating in some way, shape, or form. You could have just lost a parent or... Everyone has stuff to deal with. Yeah. Like, you're never... No one's ever sorted. Like, I've spent time as psychologists, psychiatrists, psychoanalysts, we're on courses together, and you think all these people have it sorted. Everyone has something that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. They're all peeling back in, uh, as you know, as your girlfriend is, is, is in psychotherapy. There's always an onion layer to peel back. You never got it sorted, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, although you say you, you feel like, you know, you've made some progressions... It will always be with you that injury, you know, your your brain injury will That's always it. be there and you have to be be kind of mindful. Just aware. But you know, I don't want to limit myself by it either. Yeah. That's no. that's that's the fork in the road. But you don't do that anyway. No, probably not. <laughs> I don't think so. We we have a module in the hospital and it deals with change and loss, you know, the change and the loss. How was that for you? And we're, we're kind of just touching on it now. Dealing with change. Change and loss. Like, you know, people go, oh, the old Luke or the new I wouldn't, Luke. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word loss. Yeah. I say, I... Lost what? I would say I gained more than I lost. Definitely. Have to. Definitely. Like, like, there's two ways you can look at that loss. Like, what I said there, you can either... Uh, you can either have an attitude where it's like, I'm going to think positive here and I'm going to get through this. But like, I genuinely actually think that. I don't see it as a loss. It's not a it's not a, a thing to make me feel better or anything like that. It's like, I actually don't see it as a loss. Yeah. Gain from it more than a loss. From it, definitely. And again, I and the, the change, uh, the change is uh, I've become a better person. I've earned uh, life experience and I've become a better person. From it. That would what I would say the change would be. Have people, have people, have, Friends or family or people ever said that to you or? When I first came, another problem with the whole denial thing, when I first met like the boys after, Jesus, I thought you were going to be like, 
Well, different. I was worried. No, you're the exact same. So I'm hearing that. That's being reinforced all the time. I'm the exact same. So I'm literally coming from that into the hospital. Like, now, Luke, you have to accept you have a brain injury. And it's like, these doctors don't know what they're talking about. Everything's on ground outside. That's that's the real world. Obviously, it's not. But that's a great. That, that's a great point. But it's such a. It was such a hard thing, and basically, I ended up choosing because the way I was thinking about it. They if, know if, me. If, if in my not even they know me. I was like, if in my own social circle. I'm still the same, but I'm the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know that? <laughs> this is mad. I just had this conversation with somebody last night. We were talking about somebody from around here. Mm. And I said, look, they're unconscious. They don't know that they're behaving like that. They've had trauma in their life, blah, blah. And they went, they, uh, they do, they do. And I said, look, all their friends are confirming that whatever they do in life is right. I says, because all, that's, all their friends tell them. So they're they listening. They normalise all that. So how can... They understand if me or you are going to say, no, you have a trauma and that's why you're acting like that. They're like, no, you're crazy. So all your friends are telling you, hey, look, you look the same, you sound yeah, the same, yeah, everything's yeah. grand. Still have a laugh. Yeah, not drinking. you're normal. They think, oh, he's, 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 he's still Luke. But, and you know, I've worked with people and have had that said to them and they're like, you're ready to go back to college, you're ready to do this, this and this. But back to what we said earlier, your expectations and your ability need to match. And when you have family telling you, oh, you're ready to go to college, blah, 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 and then they yeah, set off on that track, and then they're two days in going, this is all falling apart. Fed, you've been fed the wrong information by, by the, people who are far from experts. They can let on with a few drinks from their experts. But and they love, they, they, sometimes it's, it's said they have a love and kindness, and they want you to do well, and they're wishing you well, but it's misguided sometimes, isn't it? They, they try, uh, well, how long would it have been now, if I think about it? After I did the six-month internship like recruitment was the order of the day everyone was like this is around five years ago probably mad money in recruitment and this that and the other and there is mad money in recruitment is so that, like, yeah? yeah big money so like my ears are perked one of the boys sisters works in like a real good recruitment company down on uh, Marion Square and he was like gosh you can organise an interview and all but, she, but the, he was like it's like proper spot like you've got the top top button of the shirt buttoned up and all, right <laughs> <laughs> I was like grand so I was like yeah lovely like earning big money and like I can the way I was looking at it was like like 100 grand a year plus kind of money like you'd be making so I was like grand so I haven't working for the last two years so I can make up for the time I haven't been working here now kind of like that's how I was thinking yeah. so I met up with his sister and she gave me uh kind of like an interview prep and I don't know what to say and all and I was kind of half listening because I had that same kind of like me before the accident wouldn't have needed to do an interview prep really like I had kind of had that ability to be able to go in and do a half decent job it was just naturally bright like that uh so I was kind of yeah 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 so just say or whatever yeah yeah like I wasn't even really giving it I wasn't fully attentive to what she was saying so I get into the interview and it was like an executive of the company Eileen something or other her name was and uh come in and I'm like blah 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 and like in the you know like the big those big those big rooms in Marion Square and the big like Georgian windows and stuff like a lovely office and she sit down and chatting away and it's gone reasonably well and I kind of like I obviously got too comfortable and I kind of like leaned and I think she stood, stood up out of her chair and she's like you're not interested she's like you're giving me the attitude that you look like you couldn't care less if I told you to just walk out of the door of the room here now and all and I was just like what he's like do you know how important attitude is to recruitment and like having like basically you need to have that kind of hey, yeah 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 like that kind of like energy and stuff yeah. and I was like yeah so like da, 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 da. and she's like she's like I can't hire you as a recruitment agent or something and that kind of burst the bubble a bit of then as well and I was like right like I might recruitment off for a few years 
<laughs> that was a learning for you, wasn't oh, it? Big time. But it's just that was it's just a levels thing. No, I wasn't nowhere near the level of being able like recruitment was a lot of hard job. Mm. A lot of different people on the phone and there's a lot going on. Your brain injured person couldn't go in there. At the it's point that I was in. Yeah. Of course. Difficult for your average man, that's why it's so much money in it. Yeah. I'd imagine. Well, I don't know anything about recruitment. Finding people jobs. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> that's what one of the lads. How, how hard could that, that be? That's one of our one of one of our mates is a recruit. See the thing about recruiters, they all tell they all tell you, oh yeah, I got three placements there and I made thirty grand and then anyone telling you the money they're making aren't making that money anyway. But that's another story. And one of our mates always says to him like, you're finding people jobs. Like how hard could it be to find a person a job and not just like downgrade them and all the stuff? Just, just the lads there. are going to give people a stick, aren't <laughs> yeah, they? Of course. What's the future look for you? What's going on? Uh, so you left the, the rehab. You, you started working. You were in. Yeah. So were you in is, Zurich? This is uh, Zurich and then Allianz. So you're in Allianz uh, at the moment. Yeah. So what's uh, the what's the plan? So you went there. You're working, but you've got you've got your eye on the prize. So uh, what has happened? Since? So yeah, four and a half years in Allianz. Very good to me. Still there. They basically got me in. Uh, and kind of got me through like nine to three, nine to half, three, nine to four, and I like got me back working full time. Were patient with me. I made a few mistakes at the start, and they kind of allowed that. Uh, and that like the mod, the the key goal of getting into Alliance was to get uh, back working full time. That was basically what I was looking for. Lost the lost the passion for working in offices and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't be bothered with working in offices. Really. No, I kind of lost it. It's like my. The t- like when I when I went into the rehab, you see, uh, helping people kind of seemed like a better option. Like I used to go back. Remember, I used to give the talks and stuff in yeah, the rehab. Brilliant. And uh, I just like I as I was preparing to write, like I'm writing out the like what I'm going to talk about. And as I was writing out, I was just getting so much like enjoyment out, like writing it out, and I'm almost like giddy. I was like, this is mad. And like doing the presentation, seeing how people are reacting, like even nurses and doctors and patients started reacting and kind of being like, no way. I was like, that seems to be a better road to go down than, than this, uh, than the the business road. It was more. That's kind of where I'm at, which is strange. But so what's what's the next plan for you? What's 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 the future? I'm going to go back and study something, and then get a job in rehabilitation somewhere. Yeah. I'd say so. You see that as your calling. Uh, yeah, I don't like using that word really either. But why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Just found it's a bit kind of cheesy or something. I was like calling to be a rehabilitative. But the what the way you were saying to me, like you're writing that out, it seems like you found your purpose. It seems like yeah, I found my purpose would be a good way, but I don't know. The calling is a bit strange. Yeah. To me, I don't know why. Never agreed with the word, but uh, yeah, like it's just so like you've got yourself before the accident and yourself after the accident. I'm I'm more down that road after the accident, basically, because I've got so much to give to help people who are in the same position. To see, to be able to talk to someone and be like, I know the situation you've been in. I've been in the same situation. And they're also looking at me being like, right, well, this fella seems like he's actually got out of it. So, like, he's obviously got something he can help me with. I think it just would make more sense. 100%. As I just said to you earlier, you're now using your poison Mm -hmm. as your potion. And you're also using it as a stepping stone to your future. And people, as you know, you've been in the hospital. And you, you've shared your story and I've heard it lots of times and I've seen the impact you've had with patients, doctors, consultants, you've all people rave about you. It's that shared experience. It's storytelling. Mm-hmm. People 
heal through stories. They heal through seeing you. Okay, they're not the same. They don't have your skill set. But they go, ah, oh, I can hear him say this. But they get they, there, though. 100%. You know <laughs> That's what I mean? That's like, the whole point. That's so all. so you have, like, already couple of feet up the, the ladder you have the lived experience then you just go off and get the education mm-hmm. what would you reckon what you reckon your why in life now is do you have a why in life why yeah what's your why in life Jeez, it's a hard one to hit me at the end why uh, why that was, I, I can tell you what's not my why that's uh, usually a good place to start <laughs> why you don't want uh, no I was just remembering the, the hospital oh, why did this happen and like you kind of hear patients going on like that man I was like what on earth why would you ask yourself that question be the better question uh, that, like it's happened basically but why uh, that's such a hard question to ask it's so broad I think we've touched on it really have we yeah uh, kind of as in you know you want to give back you want to use your experience to help people grow like that's bursting out from me I can see that but obviously that you, you want to just give back and use that experience to help people rehabilitate. It's it's such a better, uh, it's such a more fulfilling life than most, any other. Well, that's what's giving you. Any that's giving you a reward, mm-hmm. isn't it? Than any other work I can see anyway. And you're back there already in the rehab, sure isn't Fran giving you uh, tours around the place? Tell us about the that. hospital. Yeah, it's lovely. The new hospital looks lovely. Hundred and twenty beds, and they've got kind of like little like square areas of grass. It's really well done. So you're down as what a as a volunteer now. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, let's see the size of the, 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 the rooms. Yeah. Ensuite bathrooms and like lovely big rooms. Like nearly the same size as the apartment. Yeah, well, they didn't have them when I was here. No. Like the raging. On the wards. Like even like the nurses' stations. Like yeah. remember in the old hospital, like, yeah. the nurses' station is like Just a, a, phone box, a phone box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like it's, it's, it's a national hospital. So you, it, has to, it has to be at that level. So mm. it's good to see it's got there. Deadly. What on the land they have? What? With all the land they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's took a while, hasn't it? It's <laughs> getting the funded. I don't know yeah, too much about it. Yeah, I imagine. We're nearly uh, time up. Uh, what's the one thing you'd like people to take away after listening to this interview from you? What would you like to leave them with? Uh, that a, good, a lot of things can be achieved with the right attitude. If you can focus your energy an attitude to the right things, the world's a royster than anything can be achieved, I would say. Yeah. It's um, transferable across, isn't it? Anything you do in life attitude. And don't worry about uh, traumatic experiences because if your attitude is in the right place, um, you can use it as your poison, as your, as your, use your poison as your potion, is that yeah. what you say? Yeah, so sometimes you have poison, go, I look back at my past, you know, it's why I do this job, it's why I do or why I do this interview and that's why I do the National Rehab because I'm like you, I've had trauma in my life and now I just use it to share my experience with people I use it as a way to connect with people, mm-hmm. you know and it's attitude like as you say, you can look back and go why me, why, 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 why it's okay to do that, like why did it all happen but then you process that and then you, you start looking at building your future I just wouldn't ask questions when there's no there's, there's, a, there's no answer to it why did this happen to me? yeah there's no one to do it. Then, There's no point in asking yourself stupid questions. Oh, well, if I didn't get in the car, this wouldn't have happened or something like that for you. What's the difference? Yeah, I believe that everything, uh, 
everything is, is, is mapped out, everything for a reason, you know, things happen, you know, your mm-hmm. life takes its course. Like, it's funny, actually, I've seen a fella up in uh, myself and Andy, sidekick uh, on the podcast, we were up uh, on a walk this morning, we seen a dog, and the dog was called Finn. And your man called it Finn, it was a little French bulldog, it was because he bought it in Finglas, right? Mm-hmm. And I was slagging him, I says, uh, I hope he doesn't turn out to be a gangster messing, you know, being in Finglas all yeah. from the flats. And uh, he goes, it's mad, me, me mates all say he looks like uh, Anto from Love Hate or something, the condo dog. And the fact that me and you here are now talking about yeah, Love strange. Hate, it's mad, isn't it? Mm. Anything else you want to share with us before we wrap it up? That's it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, folks. Luke, you're an absolutely phenomenal young man. Uh, I've always had great admiration for you. With deadly attitude, you know, we could see it from the get-go. Yeah, you were confident. I, I believe rightly so. You're going to do great things. I think you'd be deadly therapist mm-hmm. working in a hospital. You know, you have the shared experience. You have the passion. And you care about people. I know people might see and you're confident and you're cocky and all that. But behind that, you're, you're, you're a coin person. That's You're just confident about your abilities. You know what I mean? That's an out, isn't it? It's the best way to be. Better than being unconfident. Look, it stands you well, do you know what I mean? But you have a good heart. So, look, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. Absolute legend. Guys, thanks very much. Hope you enjoyed that. As always, thanks to Noel Royley from Rooney Media Graphics, Andy from Liberty's Photos, the girls from Shannon's Hope Line, uh, Mental Health Warriors, Liberty Soup Run. And to you guys, thanks very much for listening to the show. Don't forget to share this with family and friends. Give us uh, some comments on iTunes. Subscribe subscribe on our YouTube channel. And as always, mind your little self. Be compassionate to yourself so you can be compassionate and understanding to the rest of the world. Take care. Bye-bye.